Welcome to another exciting episode of Carving the Divine TV. My name is Yujiro Seki. I'm a director, writer, and the producer of the documentary Carving the Divine. Carving the Divine is about the Buddhist sculptors of Japan, and I'm ready to present it for the first time in the world. But before I do so, I thought it would be a great idea to introduce basic concept of Buddhism and history of Buddhism so that when you guys finally watch my documentary, you guys can watch at the maximum value. So today, we're going to be doing something different because I've been learning about Buddhism so much and, that, you know, sometimes it's overwhelming. I learned all the great theory from all the great minds, but, you know, when I come to my uh, daily life, uh, I have a difficult time controlling my fear and desire. And I'm sure many people resonate with me as well. So rather than I explore it by myself, I uh, invited somebody uh, who, can, who could resolve this problem today. Uh, yes, uh, he's a very special person. Uh, it's really uh, beautiful that he's here. Uh, his name is Reverend Mervyn Harada from Buddhist Church of America. So welcome, welcome. Thank you very much. Nice to be here and nice to see you and to be a part of your program today. Wonderful, wonderful. So just in, for just in case, I know you're a legend in your community, but you know, just in case for the people who don't know anything about you, uh, please introduce yourself. Uh, so uh, as uh, uh, Yuchi-san said, uh, my name is Reverend Marvin Harada. I've been a minister in our Buddhist Churches of America, which is a form of a part of the Shin Buddhist tradition or Jodo Shinshu. Our mother temple in Japan is the Nishihonganji Temple in Kyoto, Japan. So I grew up as a Shin Buddhist in a small town in Eastern Oregon. Um, my grandparents were Issei. They immigrated to the United States. Uh, they were uh, Shin Buddhists in Japan, and they brought their religion to, with them to this country. And then uh, they established Japanese communities and Japanese Buddhist temples uh, throughout the United States. And that's how our Buddhist churches of America uh, began. Uh, so my father was not a minister. He was a farmer. Uh, but in my college years, I got very interested in Buddhism and then uh, decided to go into the ministry. And I studied a small school in Berkeley called Institute of Buddhist Studies. And I went on to study in Japan uh, at uh, uh, Nishihonganji School called Chubutsu and also at Dukoku University. I studied at, uh, there for three years. And I came back to the United States and served for 33 years at the Orange County Buddhist Church here in Anaheim, uh, very close to Disneyland. And uh, this year in April, I became uh, what is called the Bishop of our uh, Buddhist Churches of America. So I'm presently serving full-time as, as the Bishop. Wonderful, Bishop. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> so, uh, yes. Uh, you said today we're going to talk about the practical Buddhism and the truth level Buddhism. It sounds so beautiful, but you know, uh, average person like myself uh, have no idea uh, what's going on. So uh, yeah. please, please tell us how the Buddhism helps us in uh, daily life. Yes. So first, let me explain a little bit about what I mean by truth level Buddhism and practical Buddhism. 
So all of the great Buddhist teachers, uh, Shinran Shoni in our tradition, the great Zen master Dogen in uh, Zen Buddhism, uh, people like Nichiren, Honen, uh, going all the way back to Shakyamuni Buddha, all the great Buddhist teachers experienced Buddhism at what I would call a, a truth level, truth level. Uh, Buddhism was a deep and profound truth. But those of us who aren't so wise and awakened like those great teachers, we're more interested in Buddhism from, from a practical level. Will Buddhism help me live a happier life? Will Buddhism help me live a more meaningful life? Will Buddhism help me resolve the many problems I have to face in life, like human relations, uh, or facing a serious illness, or even overcoming our fears, like fear of death, or, or fear of uh, getting the coronavirus? So we're looking at it at a more practical level. Some people even as far as will Buddhism help me lower my blood pressure or lower my cholesterol? Will it make me more serene? Will it give me more peace uh, and tranquility uh, in my life? So the average person, we're pursuing Buddhism on this practical level, but our great Buddhist teachers and masters are talking about it at this truth level. And so there's this kind of disconnect there sometimes. We don't understand their words because they're talking about Buddhism at this very profound truth level, you know, to read Shinran Shonin's writings or Dogen's writings, you know, very difficult. And, and because there's this sort of gap there. So how to bring the two together is our, a great challenge. So as a Buddhist minister, uh, I, try, I, I try my messages to, to help bridge this gap to talk about Buddhism from a practical standpoint so that the newcomer to Buddhism will become interested and find a connection and then want to, want to pursue Buddhism to where it has deep meaning and fulfillment for them. Mm -hmm. So I think there is this way to merge the two, but in the beginning, it's, it's kind of like this. Uh, a, a kind of a disconnect, a very philosophical truth level Buddhism, but here we want to learn about it more practically. And so I think that there's many uh, contemporary writers now, especially in America, they're really doing a wonderful job at talking about Buddhism from this practical level. For example, uh, this is a, a wonderful book, 10% uh, Happier, and it's written by uh, Dan Harris who was a TV news, news uh, anchor person for Nightline. And initially he was all stressed out and he wanted to find something to help, with, help him with his stress. So he thought meditation would help. So he got into meditation and he found that meditation really helped to settle him down. But then he wanted to find out, well, what's the philosophy behind meditation? And it led him to, to Buddhism. So now, now he's a you know, really wonderful Buddhist teacher, but his initial interest was a very practical level. Will Buddhism and meditation help me ease my stress? So uh, 
that this is an example of starting out at the practical level, but then going deeper and experiencing Buddhism at more of a truth level. I think the Dalai Lama is doing a great work in that, that way too. See, he has this book, it was a bestseller, The Art of Happiness. The Art of Happiness. Anyone, anyone wants to live a happy and fulfilled life. And the Dalai Lama is saying to all of us, yes, through Buddhism, you can live a happy and fulfilled life. But you have to kind of go into it kind of deeply and you have to experience it at this truth level to find the deepest meaning of, of happiness. But he's reaching many people uh, from this practical, practical approach. Interesting. Uh, you know, it sounds beautiful and everything, but you know, I would like to know a little bit more of examples of uh, how to achieve that. If we, you can do that, that would be awesome. Yes, yes. And I, I'd like to uh, share a, a true story about a former member uh, of mine at the Orange County Buddhist Church where I served. Uh, he was uh, not raised as a Buddhist, but his wife was Buddhist. And so his family, they started to come to Orange County Buddhist Church. And they're wonderful uh, members, uh, two young children. Then uh, he developed an illness called ALS. That's uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS. It's a terrible illness because there's no cure and it's a very debilitating illness. Uh, it, it starts from your feet and works its way up your body. Uh, it gets to where you can't walk anymore. Then it gets to where you can't use your hands or your arms. Then you cannot speak anymore. Then eventually it takes your life uh, when you cannot breathe. So it's sad because there's, there's no cure for this illness. So he, he got the early stages of ALS. And so we created a, uh, we called it Living Through Illness. It was a support group for members who had some kind of illness, whether it's cancer or uh, some kind of serious illness. So this individual, his name was Scott, Scott Morris. He uh, began to attend our Living Through Illness support group. And one day in our support group, Scott was talking about his illness and he was saying, gee, most likely I'm not gonna live long enough to see my son graduate from high school. I'm probably not gonna live long enough to walk my daughter down the aisle, you know, when she gets married someday. And so he was, you know, very sad talking about all the things in life that he was not going to be able to experience and be there for his, for his children. So I thought, gee, what can I say to Scott to maybe help him? So I thought of something. I said, well, Scott, while you can still write, at that point, he could still write, you know, type and write. So why don't you write a letter to your son that you want him to read on the day he graduates from high school? And why don't you write a letter now to your daughter that you want her to read on the day of her wedding, wedding day? So you can write those now and feel like you'll be there when your children uh, reach those milestones in their life. So we left that session and, and about uh, uh, 
the next month we had these once a month sessions the next month scott was there and we we're having our session and right away he says oh sensei i wrote something I said, oh scott uh, i thought maybe he wrote a letter you know to his son or to his daughter uh, that he wanted them to read someday but he said no i wrote a little poem so i want to read this poem that scott morris wrote and shared with our group and i have shared it with many people so it's a short poem let me read this poem it goes as follows i have als and i am grateful i am grateful to retire early to be with my family i am grateful i have family and friends that are so supportive and hopeful i am grateful i can still walk and get around when that is gone, I'm grateful I can still use my hands to feed myself. When that is gone, I'm grateful I can still breathe and laugh and feel. When that is gone, I'm grateful I had a wonderful life. And when that is gone, Namu Amida Butsu. Wow. <laughs> See? See? Wow. For him, Namu is not just a word. It's not just a recitation. See, it's profound truth. It's profound truth. And even when his life is gone, there is Namu See, So that's what we mean by experiencing Buddhism at the truth level. Truth level. Wow. Of course, we are not Scott, so we yeah. cannot really understand the, the meaning, but at least we can get a taste of it. So Right. So for him, Namuamidabutsu helped to resolve his life and death. See, he knew it was inevitable that he was going to die of ALS. And, you know, so sad, so tragic. But... In experiencing Namuami Dabutsu as this deep truth, see, he touches something beyond life and death. He touches the timeless. He transcends life and death in this one word of Namuami Dabutsu. So that's what we mean by going from practical to truth level. He doesn't ask, will Namuami Dabutsu? save me from ALS? No. See, he, he doesn't expect that from Namuamidabutsu, but he experiences it, receives it as a, as a profound truth. Yes, it's indeed a profound truth. Yes, yeah, so we, we've learned about Namuamidabutsu uh, from uh, uh, different people. Uh, uh -huh. And, you know, we think, okay, we understand the meaning or, you know, okay, you know, this is one of the things that, you know, uh, Jodo Shinshu people recite or whatever, right? Yes, uh, but, yes. You know, Nama cannot be explained by language. I mean, Nama Abhidabutsu is a language, of course, but, you know, I, I hope you know what I mean. So it's just a... a Oh, wow, I've never heard of Namadabitsu that this deep. Uh -huh. Yes, so, you know, as a minister, I have to try to explain Namadabitsu too, especially a new person. What is it that you're saying in our services? And, and you know, we can give 
uh, basic explanation, but I always tell that person, but you know, the real meaning of Namwami Dabutsu, you have to find in your own life. So you have to, you have to find the, the deepest meaning of it uh, in your own life, through your life experience, through your own uh, seeking and listening to the teachings. Wonderful. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was a wonderful person, and his, his poem teaches so many other people. So uh, he, he's still around, or he? No. So he passed away uh, a, a few years, some years ago. Uh, from the time he got ALS, I think he lived about 10 years. You know, some people, they only live a short amount of time, maybe a couple years. Some people live maybe up to 20 years, but uh, it's, there's no cure. And if you can live 10 or 20 years after being diagnosed with ALS, you're, you know, you're quite fortunate. Uh -huh. Wow, what an honorable man. Yes. So much respect. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, yes, we're going to transition to uh, maybe uh, BCA, British Church of America, and also okay. like uh, uh, your personal uh, story. And uh, so, uh, so please tell us more about your organization and uh, how we can participate and maybe we can learn more about Namami uh, Dabutsu and the uh, uh, Truth Level Buddhism. Okay. So just to give a little history, people always ask, why is it Buddhist churches of America? You know, why, is, why do we use the word church? And there's some historical reason for that. So many of our churches or temples were uh, founded and established before World War II. And during that time, uh, there was a lot of uh, discrimination and prejudice against Japanese. And then once World War II broke out, it was all the more the uh, discrimination was so severe towards Japanese. So the Japanese community, they wanted to establish themselves within the greater American community. So they used many American terms. Instead of temple or instead of Japanese words, you know, they used church or they used minister, reverend. And so that, that's why we're called Buddhist churches of America. Uh, it has that historical background. Since that time, some of our churches have changed to uh, calling themselves temples, uh, but many still go by the word uh, term church. So we have about six, uh, 58 uh, churches or temples in the United States, primarily on the West Coast, uh, but we have some on the East Coast like New York, Virginia, uh, Chicago, uh, New Jersey, places like that. We have some in the Midwest, uh, Denver, and also Utah, and then on the West Coast, uh, Seattle, all the way down to San Diego. And we have about 40-something ministers serving. So uh, before, our, our churches or temples were primarily Japanese-American, but now we're becoming much more diverse, and many American people are uh, now being introduced to Shin Buddhism, and to uh, the Nembutsu Namuami Dabutsu. So it's wonderful, it's really wonderful to see the diversity now in our uh, Sanghas or our temple communities. Interesting. Well, you know, it's not maybe fair to ask you a question like this, uh, uh -huh. but you yeah. know, for people who are thinking about which Buddhism uh, they will, uh, you know, 
uh, yes. go to. So uh, what's so special about the uh, Buddhist Church of America, Shin Buddhism? Yes. Uh, what Shin Buddhism has to offer is that it is a path that really anyone can follow. Anyone can follow. You know, personally, uh, I, I love like Zen Buddhism. I read many books on Zen and I love the writings of Dogen. But to do real Zen, you have to enter a monastery. You have to sit and meditate seven, eight hours a day. But Shin Buddhism is the everyday Buddhism path of life. So whether you're a farmer, whether you're an engineer, whether you're a school teacher, whether you're a cook at a restaurant or an Uber driver, you know, it doesn't matter. You, no matter what your walk of life is, uh, you can follow our, our path of Shin Buddhism. You don't have to uh, enter a monastery. It's really trying to see and uh, experience the Dharma in our everyday life. Hmm. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, <laughs> so, so what, what, uh, do uh, Shin Buddhists do, uh, do meditation? Uh, yes, uh, traditionally it's not a major part of, uh, of Shin Buddhism, more it's the recitation of Namu Amida Butsu. But uh, in more recent years, many Shin Buddhists are uh, having meditation. At Orange County Buddhist Church, we started a meditation service. Because I saw that as a way that uh, we could introduce Shin Buddhism to many new people. Because many new people are interested in Buddhism mainly from the meditational standpoint. So uh, meditation service is a great uh, introduction, first step into, into the Buddhist world. So uh, many of our, our churches and temples now have uh, it's very simple meditation. We're not sitting trying to get enlightened, but we're sitting to sort of settle ourselves, to prepare ourselves to listen, to receive the teachings. Mm. Okay, so finally, I know yes. this is another loaded question, but uh, yes. what is Namavidabutsu to you? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. That's always the challenging question. See, and that's the question I have to continue to ask myself throughout my life. See, so now you've given me this opportunity to, to reflect on it. I might answer it differently every time someone asks me, but every time I'm asked that question, it's an opportunity uh, to challenge myself. What does Namu Amida Butsu, you know, really mean? So simply put, Namu Amida Butsu means, Namu means bow, bow. So I bow my head to this, the great truth of enlightenment, wisdom and compassion. So, Namu Amida Butsu, I bow my head to the world of Buddha, wisdom and compassion that's all around me, that embraces me, that is trying to awaken me. Wow, thank you so much. <laughs> we have a really profound session today. I'm very so excited. So, uh, so you guys, if you think this information is useful, make sure to subscribe my YouTube channel, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, and like me on my Facebook because that's how we do it in the 21st century. So, thank you so much, Reverend Harada. And thank you for your wonderful movie sharing the 
the world of art of the Buddhist sculptors, I, th I thought it was just a wonderful, wonderful movie. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs>